Hello, welcome to the Family Life Spice, the podcast that inspires you to build and sustain the relationships that matter most to you. With timeless principles and relevant counsel you need to make your most important relationships work. Enjoy. You're welcome to your favorite family program, Family Life. This is where issues facing families today are discussed and we bring wisdom to bear from the eternal word of God. As we love to say, grab a seat, invite your spouse, phone a friend, all singles in the house should also please listen up today because this is a topic of interest to you. This is your co-host, Ajoke Adebi. And with me are the Genos. Uh, we are colleagues at the Great Commission Movement. Genoma Ninjav, you're welcome to the program. Thank you. Thank you, Ma. Okay. Now, looking at last topic, you did give us summary, a uh, list of fears that are confronting uh, young people about the thought of marriage, fear singles have about marriage. Oh. Today, what we want to talk about is overcoming these fears. What is the antidote to this fear we're talking about? And we would start off by sharing our personal testimonies. We, we share the fears we had before we got married. And today we want to share with you how we overcome those fears. Jeff. Okay, um, last I mentioned three areas I struggle with. First was the... The thought of being dependent, dependent in the sense that when you get married, this independence you have of being on your own, taking decisions, though you have father and mother to respect, but largely because you're an adult and you're, you were well-trained by your parents, they expect you to take certain decisions all by yourself so what you do basically is act and then inform but then with marriage this dependence was like you you have to consider somebody with you whatever step you take there should be somebody that you would say what do you think so i struggle with that but having understood that that's inject me when i thought i was being um I had this um, level of interdependence wasn't right because at those times I was making decisions for myself but there was somebody key that I was really considering before I make thoughts and who is the person the God Almighty I thought I was making those decisions myself no but because I have been a child of God I consider him and so if I can consider another person though God is Almighty the same God would make it as an easy for me and or not even easy, doable to walk along somebody. So that helped me having to understand that the life I was living wasn't just for Injeb alone. I understood that I could also accommodate somebody in my life. So that helped me. Now, in us, um, I remember sharing this with an older person and she said, see Injeb, these genome people that you don't know and you're afraid of them, they too, they are afraid of the girl that genome will bring. And I was like, ah, 
The same fear that me, I have other people. And you know, when she said that true, the first thing that got to me was like, I'm not a bad person now, so why would they be afraid of me? And she said, they too, they are not bad people. Hmm. Look at it, it's genuine bad. I said, no, so a bit, bad people will not raise good people like a um, person like that. So, genome is not bad. That means his people are not good. But let me tell you, the same fears you have, genome, genome's people to have that. And if I'm told, it's everybody thinks like that, let me give it a try. And um, the, the third one was really a struggle lack of children what if we get married and god does not bless us with biological children now we were undergoing um pmc premarital counseling and then the couples who took us the couple who took us through asked us a question that how would you do if god doesn't bless you with children biologically i know that i said ah she didn't say if God um, doesn't bless you with children. She said biologically. So even though it wasn't easy to accept, but the thought kept on ringing. Children could be biological and non-biological. It was a struggle because Jenom said during that meeting that for him, we would just go for adoption. And gladly he would post pictures on social media. And I said, ah, <laughs> I don't want stigmatization, no. We, we, we left that day um, with the couple praying for us and saying, especially me, that I should go and think about it. It took me two weeks to overcome this, and God helped me. My late mother was a medical practitioner. She was a nurse for 35 years, so I called her. I said, Mommy, this thing came up during counseling. And she said, in Jab, the truth is, when it comes to childbirth, God Almighty has the final say. Hmm. Now, as a mother and a medical practitioner, I will pray for two things. If medically you or genome are unfit to have children, we will pray for healing. That God will heal you, have mercy, and give you children. Hmm. But if God in his own sovereignty feels that you would not, he would not bless you with children because he feels that is not his plan for you, it's best. But I will pray that you would accept it and you will be at peace. And then my mommy mentioned seriously about five couples or so who I grew up with their children, but they were not biological. I remember when she mentioned one family, I said, mommy, ah, ah, these people. I said, I'm your mother, will I lie? Hmm. And I looked about, I looked, I remember from childhood, this family were just wonderful to me. And I felt if these people could live their lives wonderful, sweet, without biological children, then it doesn't matter. So I just trusted God to say, God, um, if it is your will for me to have children, I would accept. And if it's not, I know it's not going to be easy, but you working in my life, I would be happy. So, um... That's just what I want to say. Thank you. Okay, let me continue where she she left off. I didn't really have much fears about childlessness, but when we were talking about it and she was sharing her fears, I think her fears also found my own fears and I was getting increasingly concerned that if this happens the way my wife will respond to it matters to me. Mm. So anyway, we we prayed about it together and 
trusted God and we give God praise that um, today um, we have four biological children. Mm-hmm. But we had to get to the point where we said, we said we agreed and decided if that does not happen, we accept God's will. And we decided what we're going to do when that happens. That's okay. right. So, which was one of the things that helped us. We talked to God about it and decided that this can be a reality. And if it happens, this is the step we would take. Adoption. Hmm. Okay, my greatest fear, like I shared last week, was um, the fear of marrying the wrong person, which uh, is the topmost fear most um, young people have, according to our survey. And um, being a Christian, I prayed about it. That's not to make it seem simplistic, because there are times in the life of a Christian you share your concerns with God and still you it doesn't really dispel the fears it seems it seems like the more you pray the more the stronger the fear becomes but um i i came to realize that um just from this statement that says if you want friends be a friend (laughs) and i told myself okay i've been praying for the right person how about me? Am I the right person? If I find the right person, will the right person see me as the right person for her? Decided to start developing myself. And then in developing myself, it increasingly gave me confidence. Since I knew it is possible to develop myself to be the right person, I felt there are many other people who are doing the same. So the possibility for me to meet the right person increased in my mind and in my psyche and another thought that helped god is also interested in the romance of our lives god is interested in giving me the best in every area of life including my love life wow so and since god always has my have my best interest at heart he will not allow me to marry the wrong person. I had to come to that conclusion. If in the event that happens, it meant I was disobedient or I disregarded God's warning signs, I came to that um, conclusion. And um, I prayed, trusted God, and I knew that from my circle of friends, Possibly that is where God is going to bring someone for me. The truth is, I don't want to go into this long story of how everything started with her. (laughs) But the truth is, if you keep your relationship with God intact, He has His own way of directing you. I wouldn't, I, I, I can't say God told me Injeb will be my wife. No. I knew I prayed about it. Yes. I have feelings for her. She looks like somebody I want to spend the rest of my life with. I prayed about it and I felt I should go ahead. But I had this at the back of my mind. If being in this relationship, if I find out or I realize, God God helps me realize that she is not the person, I was ready to end the relationship. (laughs) Because that was the, the point at which I got to. 
I'm in this relationship, great. I feel this is what, where God wants me to be. But if in the event God tells me otherwise, that's it. Okay. So. Okay. Uh, what is your take in Jeb? Our parents don't have time for us. That's why we've not been able to overcome our fears as young people. Fears we have about marriage. Yes. Yeah, um, to an extent, I would say that is true. Okay. Parents, older parents, I'm a parent, but let me uh-huh. say older generation of parents in Nigeria and largely Africa shy away discussing relationship with their children, mm. especially mothers. They feel, ah, how can I say this? Mm. So it, it's true. And um, it's, I'll say it's sorry if um, one finds him, himself or herself in such situation. But see, like in Africa, there's a saying, it takes a village to train a child. Hmm. If you know that your parents, you cannot open up this issue, sometimes the, it may not be because their parents are, the parents are hard. It may be because the parents are shy to discuss these things. Okay. You pray about it and trust God to bring about other people, mentors who would uh, mentor you and guide you in this area, either from your church. It may be even be parents of your friends who you can freely discuss this and also read books okay okay so young people uh if you are in a fix on any of the things that the the fears that the genomes have shared with us uh and you think mom and dad are sheer i mean are shy about uh bringing you in in a closer discussion they are advising us today that get mentors get uh, all the people get trusted older friends, godly friends, and share your fears with them so that you can move on to the next stage of life. Okay. Now, another thought that I captured, young people, are they preparing for wedding or marriage? Which one is bigger? Because you can't be petrified if you're thinking, ah, wedding, wedding, wedding. And no one is thinking about marriage. Yes. So what do you think, Jenna? Okay, um, my response to that, um, we have three things here as to share with us today as antidote for the fear about marriage. Okay. She um, has mentioned one in response to your question. Okay. And um, one antidote to, um, to this issue yeah. of fear is self-development and preparation okay and under that the the third point the different ways you can prepare yourself towards marriage is like she has mentioned consume relevant materials seek mentoring and accountability and then premarital counseling and what we have here is a premarital counseling is not an item on the chest list for wedding preparation. Okay. It's not part of what you do preparing for your wedding. Because premarital counseling is much more than that. It actually prepares you for the life of commitment for the rest of your life. So, in fact, it, it even has it doesn't have much to do with the with the with the wedding. Hmm. It's about the the marriage. But unfortunately, what we see here today is is like for some, it's a necessary evil. For some, it is to fulfill all righteousness. It is rushed. In fact, the content 
is just theoretical. There is nothing that prepares the young person for, for marriage. What we have in that aspect, we said the content for premarital counseling should be practical and include, but not limited to, topics on communication, roles and responsibilities, handling of finances, sexual intimacy, mm -hmm. and relationship with in-laws. Hmm. But most of the content of premarital counseling, a lot of us young people go through, don't really, don't really hit the nail sorry, hit the nail on the head Correct, yes, right. on these things. Okay. So it's more like another Bible study mm. that is rushed over and then people go to get married. But one antidote that can help us overcome fears is premarital counseling. Hmm. Because when you go through a holistic premarital counseling, it helps you. The fears... It's not that the fears will be non-existent. Okay. But you control the fears and say, in spite of this fear, I'll turn out better. Jeff, you can go ahead. Do you, um, do you have some more thoughts to what your husband has said? No, no. Okay. Okay. All right. Let me roll this out to us. Men put pressure on women to get married. So they're afraid. Don't pressure me. I'm not ready and everything. Okay. So what do you say to that, Jeb? You are a lady. Yeah. Do you f did you feel pressured to get married? No. Okay. But um, it's true. Some it's. I think it's either ways. There are times where you hear guys saying, the lady is putting pressure on me to get married. <laughs> yes. But um, it's, it's not a rush, rush thing. You don't act as if you're in a rush hour, this thing next year gets to be done soon. You have to pray. And um, it's a lifetime. You have to really commit yourself. You know what it takes. Hmm. Your, your, all that, all of you, am I willing to give all of me to this individual for the rest of my life? Yeah, so I think it may not be bad if somebody is saying rush rush and then you're saying no guy babe let's sit and talk mm. don't agree and say see i'm i feel pressured mm. and sometimes the the it's it may be the other party it may not be rush but it's like you're seeing marriage as one big deal yeah it's a big deal mm. you're seen as one tough mountain that you can never get to the top of the mountain so it's in a situation like this, you say, my love, I don't think we should rush. Let's mm. talk. Let's and then talk. you talk, yes. And talking would eventually lead you there. Mm. So let's just try. Communication is key. Communication is key uh, when the ladies do feel pressured uh, to get married. Uh, a couple of things are not working for the females because you have something like childbearing age, if, you're, if you think you're feeling pressured and time is going. So there is that, uh, uh, the, the biological time yeah. on women. And then uh, uh, socially too, they said market closes for the women. You know, when you have several suitors all flanking around you and you're saying, okay, I'm not ready, I'm not ready. Eventually, they stop coming. I was sharing we have three antidotes 
we said um, the first antidote actually we said is you need to know the purpose of marriage with the trends going on today we many of us want to get married we feel getting married will meet our needs or it's like it's a rite of passage mm-hmm. I have come of age I am I am mature now that is what socioculturally I am expected to do but um, the designer of marriage has a purpose for marriage that goes far beyond all of these things and just like Miles Monroe is popularly quoted to say if purpose is not known abuse is inevitable and I'm sure that's why marriage as an institution is being abused today because we are losing we don't understand or we don't know what the, 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 the purpose is but we understand from scripture that the purpose of marriage threefold. Hmm. Marriage has the purpose of mirroring God's image or reflecting God for who he is. Okay? And then another purpose for marriage is for the spouses to mutually complete one another. Hmm. And then thirdly, to multiply a godly heritage. Now, this is different from childbearing. Many of us want to get married and have children. No, but a godly heritage, which goes beyond um, just, logical children. Yes, but when we understand this purpose, reflect God's image, complete one another, and then multiply a godly heritage. It helps put um, uh, our minds in perspective Hmm. of what marriage entails, okay? And there is no way you can get this purpose if you don't have a relationship with him. Hmm. It is not possible to understand the purpose of marriage when we do not have a relationship um, with God. I want to read a quote from Derek Prince. Derek Prince said, God himself was directly and personally involved. It was his decision, not Adam's, that Adam should have a mate. It was he who found Eve, who formed Eve from Adam. It was he who presented her to Adam. And it was he who it was he who established the terms of the covenant relationship between them. Wow. So it is it in fact marriage is it's just all about God. Mm. When we get that, it helps us, it puts us in the right step to do marriage right. Wow. Jeb. Okay. Um, the second antidote is um, hold on to God's promises. Okay. Yeah. And where are these promises from? The scripture. We have a lot of these promises to claim in the Bible, but um, we'll just take a few to talk about them. <laughs> First, Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 8. I'll read. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord will personally go ahead of you. He will be with you. He will neither fail nor abandon you. Imagine, it's, it's a promise the Lord himself has said. He would go 
before you so this person you're thinking whether he's the right person whether you are the right person whether finances would come because marriage is an institution established by god commit this tax to god is a tax and tell mm. him lord help me overcome trust him because he has given us a charge said do not be afraid the lord personally so did call this calls for prayer one needs to pray and let the Lord direct in this direction. Okay. Another is Joshua 1.9. Have I not commanded you? It's a question. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God would be with you wherever you go. Yes, this, this was God talking to Joshua. And then it's still applicable in this sense because let's uh, when we go about the story of Israelites, how they were going through the promised land, it's also applicable here. The Lord is, have I not commanded you? So in this case, what is the command we read earlier? Do not be afraid. Go. The Lord will be with you wherever you go. So if you're here in just, you're saying, I don't want to go to South South. I don't want to go to the what not is the Lord is with you. Hmm. Wherever he directs your heart, he will make a way. First right. um, John 4:18. Such love has no fear because perfect love expels all fear. This perfect love comes from God. Hmm. So it shows that my brother, my sister out there, you're planning to get married. For you to experience this perfect love and be able to share part of that love is when you fully commit your life to God. <laughs> I remember when I'm praying for my husband, daily I pray, I say, may today take us deeper in love with God as we go deeper in love with each other. Fantastic. Yes, it's, it's the two work together. So you, as you go deeper in love with God, you go deeper in love with your heart. Your sweetheart is, is, is your other heart. This love plays well if you surrender your life to Christ. Hmm. Another is Isaiah chapter 43 verse 1. But now, O Jacob, listen to the Lord who created you. O Israel, the one who formed you says, do not be afraid, for I have ransomed you. I have called you by name and you are mine. Because the Lord has made a deal that you are his child. Once you have accepted him into your life, he wouldn't let anything happen to you. Let me share quickly. You may say uh, marriage may not be a fantasy. Why am I talking like that? You marry the right person. You will have uh, one or two things to disagree. Yeah. Like, you know, in January, my husband and I laughed. Someone shared that little things, changing created chaos. But, you know, in my house, we disagree. I'll say, please, don't finish this changing, no. Leave some for me and the kids. I'm naked, <laughs> did you know? And then he will respond, uh-uh. I was the one that needed the flower now. And I said, ah, too, I caught. So, you know, little things, we, hmm. we disagree. But because we're not saying in marriage, you will not have differences you would have but because your minds are together you'll be able to come out of those differences good because you talk so that is what we're saying it, it's it's not as if it's a fantasy no there are issues to talk about real issues yeah real issues and mm. because you are you love each other you have an understanding that is a sovereign power that is working in your lives you would understand each other better okay because let's let's go back again for i have ransomed you i have called you by name you are mine 
God yeah. knows you by name. If you are joy, if you are Hassan there, you just take it to God. When you pray for your spouse in, in places of disagreement or misunderstanding, Lord, I want to go this way. She or he doesn't want to go this way. Please help us to be together on this matter. That's right. Yeah. Now, um, I would like any of the genomes to please throw more light on multiplying God's heritage. You know, um, sorry to say, we are a little bit obsessed, you know, uh, if we don't, with children here in our own part of the world. And uh, if we don't have children, it's like this marriage is nothing. So you said it transcends just having children, multiplying God's heritage. So what else might it mean? Okay, um, it also it means actually doing parenting right. Okay. Yes, doing parenting right. Um, like I said earlier, it, it goes beyond childbearing when we have these children. Now, we're talking about children now. Mm-hmm. We're talking in the context of whether you give birth to them biologically, whether they were adopted, or however they came into your life. They are your responsibility. You're playing the role of a parent in their lives. And God expects, first and foremost, that we be models for these children. Mm-hmm. Like it is said, it is easier for things to be caught than taught. So we need to be under God models for these children and raise children who would choose to glorify God with their lives and then eventually glorify God with their marriages. When that happens, it's it's a multiplication, not um, we see a multiplication in, in, in geometric progression when the children we have are raised right and then eventually get married, raise children also who yes and that's why we have this um idea that we can change the society one home at a time time one home at a time thank you now genom do you i mean sorry jeb do you have something to add quickly to like i added it's generation after generation it's continuous forever so okay thank you very much listening to family life spice we hope you found it helpful please subscribe to get latest episodes and spread the word bye